You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, the weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske, designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science, and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today, I have a bonus episode for you, short part of the episode that I recorded together with Jen Fenwick on her podcast. So if you like this episode, then head over to her podcast and you can find the sh a link to her show in the show notes and listen to the complete episode. So have fun with this short clip with Jen. Welcome to the Chats with Jen podcast. I'm Jen Fennick, a leadership coach who's worked with thousands of people over the years to make bold career moves. I love nothing more than working with modern leaders to find that sweet spot between career and life. Yes, you can have both. I want this podcast to be a breath of fresh air, bringing insights and stories and hot tips to help you make confident career moves and to navigate growth and change. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Today's interview is an absolute cracker. I'm so, so delighted. Um, I'm going to be speaking to Alex Schacht, who is the Exec VP of Data Science at Verimed, and he has had an awesome, awesome career so far. I mean, from the very first time that Alex and I chatted and met over virtual coffee, we just absolutely hit it off. We've got so much in common. We both share some of the similar values, creativity, trust, and courage, and we just have such a fun chat. So I'm really excited to be bringing this to you. We talk about, you know, navigating fear, you know, true leadership, opening ourselves up to vulnerability, making courageous decisions. Oh, and uh, Beyonce gets a mention too. But there's so much good stuff today about, you know, how to lead without the job title, you know, how Alex overcame the fear of public speaking, you know, managing a virtual team, creative thinking and analytical discipline, you know, being comfortable with not always being the expert, the power of storytelling and why you need to be conscious about the way you start the day, plus so much more. It's a cracking cracking interview so sit back relax and enjoy awesome so alex thank you so much for joining me today it's great to have you here hello jen great to talk to you <laughs> amazing now we um, i mean we we only virtually met very recently but i i did a shout out to my network um actually about about a month ago to say you know please send me the names of inspiring leaders role models who you think would be awesome guests on my podcast and we share someone in common shout out to liz cole um who said that uh, she admired your creative thinking and an analytical world <laughs> so i'm just I'm, yeah. so thank you liz for making the introductions but um but alex it was so cool because we, we had a very virtual coffee um, only a few weeks ago and even in that half an hour there's so many things that we share and are aligned on so I've been really looking forward to this interview. <laughs> thanks so much and yeah Liz thanks so much for the connection. Oh amazing so Alex you know I know at the moment you, you've about eight months into a, a new leadership role as an um, exec VP in data science but I'm intrigued and we're both lovers of stories tell me you know your career story how how did that all unfold <laughs> is this where did it all start so I it started really me studying mathematics and I've never ever thought about going into the pharmaceutical industry and doing something with 
statistics and for, for the health of patients. Yeah, I initially wasn't really sure what I'll do with it. I was just studying mathematics because I had a passion for it. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, if nothing works, I'll become, become a teacher. That was, so to say, my, my plan B, but, but I really didn't have a plan A. Mm -hmm. During my study, I uh, then got in contact with statistics and especially medical statistics, biostatistics. Mm -hmm. And at the time, data science was real, wasn't really a thing. Yeah, so, so at the time, we were talking about statistics and analytical skills and things like this. And over time, that became kind of a part of data science. Fast forward, I went into the pharmaceutical industry and never really thought about myself as, as a leader. I was more thinking about myself as a statistician that helps others to do the right things. Yeah, that it consults a team in terms of this. Only when I changed to my, my second position, I had this interesting discussion that I still uh, remember. In my first review, there was this one section in the review form that was about achieving resu results through others or something like, or um, successful delegation and things like this. And I thought, well, I don't have someone to delegate to. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a supervisor. So who should I delegate to? And my supervisor helped me understand that this wasn't necessarily about being a supervisor. Mm -hmm. It is about collaboration and influencing others to act on your ideas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was a kind of a start of the journey where I more and more thought of myself less as a, as a consultant, yeah, where the, where teams come to and I give advice and then they go away and they either implement it or don't implement it. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's some, some kind of outsider, but I, I was more and more seeing myself as a, as a team member, as an influencer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, influencer, not in kind of the social media type of thing, <laughs> but in terms of someone that wants to influence others for driving, you know, going the, the, the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And making sure that, you know, the things happen and not just informing or recommending mm -hmm. uh, things. Mm -hmm. A couple of years later, I then became um, also a supervisor. Mm -hmm. And at the time, um, I had my first four real direct reports were located across uh, Europe. One in Madrid, one in Vienna, mm -hmm. one in Paris. And one person was sitting in the office next to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... I was always kind of used to working remotely in that mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so for, for much longer than, you know, the pandemic forced many of us to, to work in that space. Yeah. I never had the opportunity to look over the shoulder of uh, my direct reports and see what they are doing. So I needed to directly kind of trust them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no way you can kind of 
micromanage someone that sits, you know, in another country, yeah, Absolutely. let alone micromanage three other persons that sit in other countries, yeah, um, unless maybe you're doing that all day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I didn't want to do that, yeah, and so I was thinking, okay, I need to help them, but in a, in a way that is, is based on trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was then kind of thinking, okay, I really need to learn more about leadership, mm-hmm. about supervising people. And um, I was commuting still to the office quite a lot. And the commuting time was my time where I thought, okay, this is the time where I can actually you know, learn something because uh, we also had our first son at the time. And so at home, you can yeah. imagine. Exactly. <laughs> you have lots of other duties. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And there I found a couple of really, really great podcasts to help me become a better, better leader. And since then, I've really became passionate about this topic more and more. And um, since a couple of years, I'm now also have my own leadership program, actually, through which I help others become better leaders. And especially kind of in the sense of leading without a title. Yeah. So even if you don't have direct reports, how can you lead? How can you lead cross-functionally? How can you lead in a team? Uh, where there is, you know, not a not a supervisor and many team members, but it's this typical cross-functional team where you have people, maybe someone from marketing, someone from sales, someone from production, someone from uh, all kind of different areas, mm-hmm. and they come with very very different experiences and expertise, and they don't report into the same person. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So how can you act in these teams? And take these teams with you mm-hmm. because that is especially kind of the area where my listeners from my podcast <laughs> actually do come from. So that's uh, in a nutshell my, my career and, and my how I came into mm-hmm. uh, yeah, being interested about leadership. Well, I love it. And a really important point is I think people are almost obsessed with all the. The, when they think about leaders, it is people managers. But actually, I know yeah. I think we discussed this before that actually, you know, when you look to, even to children, and I think about my the first time I took on the role of a leader was actually, you know, as a sports captain, you know, in the mm-hmm. netball court, even as a teenager, you know. So I was demonstrating leadership as you know at school, you know. So you know, so leadership, you know, it's, it is about inspiring people and you know, empowering, enabling, and getting them. Behind built behind an idea and taking action, it isn't just about managing people. And I think you hit on you know, a, a really key point is you know, we get everyday leadership. Exactly. And these kind of uh, activities like sports or community or church or these kind of things where people come because they want to come mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they buy into some kind of common goal that's where you can really learn about leadership mm-hmm. because you can't just stay back and say i'm the boss here so you do what i say <laughs> you need to convince people you need to take them with you and that is in a way of course harder mm-hmm. but it's also much more productive and much more efficient 
Absolutely. Because one of the things that I really learned also, um, actually, interestingly, when I was doing my military service, mm-hmm. it's not so much about telling people what to do, mm-hmm. but why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was it's an interesting concept. This, interestingly, if you look for, into this concept, of, of leading by, by goals and leading in, in that way, it doesn't come from the business world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It actually comes from the military space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, one of the areas where it especially also came from is the German forces. Mm-hmm. And so it's much more important to tell, speak about what to achieve, why to achieve it, mm-hmm. than what to do. Because... You can, you know, you tell a person, do X, then Y, then Z, and they start with X, and then they run into a roadblock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something doesn't work as planned, yeah? If you haven't told them what to do, they don't know. Uh, if you haven't told them what to achieve, they don't know what to do next. They can't find kind of, you know, a different route, a different task, you know, some kind of things to move around. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're stuck. Uh, whereas if you can say to them, yeah, go there, yeah, achieve this, then they can find their own ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially when you work in situations where your team members have complementary skills, skills that you don't have, Absolutely. it's even more important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I have some amazing programmers in my team. I don't tell them, you know, how to code things. I, I'm a terrible programmer. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I? I tell them, you know, what to achieve, how, how, you know, what are the goals, why that is important, these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And then I coach them to get there. Mm-hmm. But I don't tell them, well, you need to use this our package and this software whatsoever yeah <laughs> i love that because actually you what you're doing is you're, you're you're hiring and bringing in great people you're getting them bought into kind of a, a vision and a destination of you know where you're going and you know and why and what their role is you're providing yeah supporting them with their learning um and but it then comes back to that trust aspect as well yeah. And yep. something that's jumped out when I when we spoke the last time was when you ses- said about um, trust and you have to trust forwards. I really love yes. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially as a, as a leader, you always need to trust forward. And that is one of the things that feels so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you trust forward, you make yourself vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You make yourself set your self up for for rejection for for failure for mistakes whatsoever yeah mm-hmm. but i think especially as a leader and both in the sense of supervising and non-supervising you need to go first that means you need to trust yeah, yeah. and sometimes it you know doesn't work out mm-hmm. But that's it yeah that's uh, you still need to go first yeah it's funny because i i do think back um, to my first leadership role of, of managing a team. And actually that was something I found quite difficult. That, and it's not mm. because of the individuals, you know, that trust piece, I was managing a virtual team. It wasn't because of those individuals because they were awesome people. It was really my own confidence, you know, and actually, yes. 
you know, and actually I was really finding my feet and it was the trust in, in who I was as a leader. And sometimes you're so caught up in that internal piece, that leading yourself, that it can then filter externally in that lack of trust, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is this feeling of fear of failure and fear of not showing up well or fear of am I enough? All judgment. these kind of different things. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And I think this is something that we 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 all forget is actually, you know, as humans, you know, regardless of level seniority, you know, when we're going through growth and you know, expanding in our roles and taking things to the next level, we all we all share these things. <laughs> yes. And unfortunately they never really go away. Yeah. So it's yeah. I think it's Sometimes I say you need to get comfortable feeling uncomfortable oh. <laughs> yeah, if you want to grow. Absolutely. And especially as a leader, yeah, if you want to do something new, yeah, if you want to change something, if you want to push things forward, you constantly feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. But people fight it. You know, people think, yes. yeah, they think because I feel uncomfortable, you know, may, maybe there's something wrong. But, you know, I think I get to do this. And you also as a podcast host and leader, you, when we have honest conversations, we realize that we're all, we're all feeling these things. We just don't talk as openly about it, you know. So. Yes, it's there's one story that I very often tell about it is that um, everybody or nearly everybody has these kind of uh, problems. Even when someone like Beyonce goes on stage, mm -hmm. yeah? yeah, she feels rejection. And you can think, wait a moment, uh, you, the Beyonce is, you know, this supermodel, superstar, singer, sold mm -hmm. millions of records, whatsoever. That, that person, mm -hmm. that, that woman, mm -hmm. yes, mm -hmm. even these people fear mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And so it's completely normal to feel this. I think what is more important is what we tell to ourselves about it. Yeah. I like, you know, many people, I was afraid of speaking in public. <laughs> And some people can't believe it if you have published 200 episodes, <laughs> you've frequently been on stage. Um, but I was there, yeah, like like everybody. And uh, I know that very often people fear speaking in public more than death, actually. Yeah. But over time, I learned to tell myself a different story when I go on stage. So just before I go on stage in a, in a big auditorium, Yeah, and I see the room is full of people, and um, there's maybe hundreds of people at a, at a conference. And I know my kind of my blood pressure goes up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my eyesight, you know, a little bit more focused, and um, uh, maybe even my, my, you know, I hear things more kind of differently. Yeah, you you see, you have everybody has these kind of yeah symptoms. And now you can talk to yourself and say, ah, I'll fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm bad at presenting. Yeah. Or you can talk to yourself is, this is your body making you prepared for top performance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
you'll go out there and you'll rock the stage. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And you have done it before and, you know, you'll, you'll perform and you'll, you know, get your message across to the audience because they need to listen about it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this very, very different story mm-hmm. that you tell to yourself is so, so powerful. Oh, I love it. And again, this is something that we spoke about last time and I was just like, uh, we're both such believers in the power of storytelling, not just the story yeah. that we tell others, but the stories we tell ourselves. And it's funny when you were talking about standing talk public speaking, I could, even just imagining it, my heart started to already race. Yes, Isn't yes. It just, and we're all like that. But as, as you have, I've had to try and tell myself the story. And my story is actually, you know, you have the power to help someone today, you know, mm-hmm. you know, by starting the podcast or by, you know, putting myself out there, even if I just have just one person out there, it benefits from the story I'm telling or from seeing me be more b- visible, then, then that, that's enough to push me through the fear because you know, that drive to help others is something that, you know, uh, that, that vision is, is more powerful than my fear. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think that is so important to have this vision of helping others. Mm-hmm. Um, just reading this book, The Happiness Advantage, ah. and it also speaks about Having this kind of purpose mm-hmm. helps you to be become happier and that helps you to deliver better. Yeah. So, so it's having this kind of service mentality in terms of you want to do something for the greater good. Having this kind of purpose is such a big motivator. Also, Dan Pink talks about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that is also something that is so important as a leader. Mm-hmm. You need to provide this kind of purpose or you need to make sure that everybody understands it you need to remember about it you need to kind of repeat it it's so often lost in our day-to-day work isn't it you go to work and you dread it because there's this meeting and this phone call and all these kind of Mm -hmm. uh, nasty emails Mm -hmm. but it's about the mindset how you go into it yeah. yeah. Uh, do you go into a, the meeting and you think, oh, in this meeting, I can really push this topic forward. Mm-hmm. Or I can really help the colleagues. I mm-hmm. can, you know, make my overall organization better to deliver on its purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is so important. It's so important. And I think because we now are well, more than ever, busy, busier than ever. You know, I, I'm so many organizations and leaders I'm speaking to say that meetings, you know, virtual meetings are heavier and back to back more than ever before. But I feel like people don't have these conscious thoughts before going into meetings, you know, like actually what, do, what, you know, what do I want to get out of today? You know, what impact do I want to make? You know, what is the outcome I'm looking to, you know, all these things. Uh, they don't have the time because they're just jumping from one to the other, to the other, to the other. It's so reactive. Oh yeah. That's, that's a, really the worst things that you can be in this kind of reactive mode because reactive is everything, but not leadership. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, People start some, sometimes all, already that day, yeah? Open their laptop, go into the emails, and then, oh, the first meeting comes up, and they're already kind of in a hurry. And then, 
everybody is busy, busy, busy. I start my day differently. Mm-hmm. One of my, I would say, virtual mentors is Michael Hyatt. And so lots of things that I will talk now about is, is, is credit to him. I was at the same point. Yeah, I was having lots of, lots of meetings. I had, I think at a time, 75 meetings per week on average on top of all the emails and all the other stuff. So I was completely overwhelmed and only in this reactive mode. And I was really, really struggling with that. I was kind of, I, I, I felt unproductive. I felt unfulfilled. I felt really, really bad about work, mm-hmm. frustrated. Now I learned this a couple of things that really changed a lot. The first is, and that's my biggest productivity tip that I always have, is having clear goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you have clear goals, then you can actually do the things that really matter and leave out all the others. Yeah. So, so how do you determine whether you need to go to this meeting, whether you need to respond to this email, whether you need to do whatever? Yeah. It's only based on your goals. Do, this, do these things help you to achieve them or not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if they are not helping you to achieve them, or if you don't even know why is that the purpose of this meeting, <laughs> well, decline it. Yeah. yeah. Say, sorry, uh, I don't see you. How I can help here? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. People don't realize how much power they have to make changes like this to the way things are. You know, yeah. This, yeah. They, and it's so often because I work with leaders across the globe and, I, some, and they'll be like, no, this is just the way it is. This is the way it is. And I'm like, let's just try it. Let's just explore No, it's it. not. It's, it's, that's, that's, that's a wrong belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You need to set boundaries very, very clearly. And um, if you're not setting the boundaries, yeah, nobody will. I worked in, a, in this American company. So I had lots of calls with the U.S., And I had this clear boundary. If you want to have a meeting after 6 p.m. my time, you need to be at least at, at the time it was, VP level. Yeah? (laughs) Everybody below it, nope, you can find a better time in the calendar. You know, I communicated that. Mm -hmm. And one colleague said, that's good. You're setting clear boundaries. That's fine. Because then people know. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think it's so funny because when I yeah when I go through this with people and they think oh actually I said to my US colleagues you know I don't take late I don't take meetings late European time on a Friday because that's my family time and then they their US colleagues say oh okay cool of course no you no worries yeah yeah (laughs) but actually you know so often people are much more reasonable than we think you know, or, um, or actually, and, and how we can also, our behavior and our boundaries can then inspire, empower and enable others. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that goes in both directions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you as a leader, you don't have boundaries. Yeah. What kind of role model are you mm-hmm. for those who, are, who you are leading? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you work 80 hours or something crazy like this, yeah, 
Do you think your your uh, direct reports will you know work a lot less? Will they keep a healthy life uh, work balance? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although I don't really buy into this concept, but but will they kind of yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> will they set boundaries for themselves? Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Because as a leader, you always set an example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so how you work. That's the way your team will work. Absolutely. And I think this is, you know, why it's so powerful to, to explore um, the role of being a, a, being a role model. Um, yes. I think sometimes we talk about leadership, we talk about management, but actually who are you as a role model? And it can be, again, quite uncomfortable because a lot of people say, oh, you know, I don't really like the fact that I'm a role model. And I'm, I always think that's quite quite telling but how yeah who are you as a role model or how do you want others to see you and then and then often their behavior will shift because they think actually yeah. you know I want to role model you know work-life boundaries and blend for my people um am I role modeling that right now hmm. <laughs> you know so it's yes. quite a big you know it's, it's a really bold thing to look look at um but such an important one yes and it's these all these unconscious things that you do when i became first time supervisor i had a really really nice mentor shout out to to simon <laughs> who i also recorded an episode with uh, very very early and he shared with me that whatever i do yeah be really conscious about it because people are watching all the time yeah <laughs> and he told the story that at a, at a coffee machine Yeah, he was standing there and some some of his uh, some others and also some direct reports and he was just kind of you know talking about stuff, you know some some random thoughts. And of course, a person from his team directly imp implemented these. Yeah, and he said, no, 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 no. I, I was just that kind of that was. That was not a command or that was not a, you know, you should do this whatsoever. This was just some random thought, yeah? Mm -hmm. And um, he realized as, as a leader, you need to be really conscious of how you come across. Yeah. yeah? Mm -hmm. And um, that is really difficult at times because you can't see yourself from the outside really mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So you need to have someone that tells you the truth about what you do. Mm -hmm. yeah? mm -hmm. And you need to be very, very good listening to how others react, mm -hmm. how others perceive you, um, what can go wrong. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And you can always fall into this trap. Mm -hmm. I, I recently had a discussion about... I think I made, an, made a remark. Oh, that, that's great work. Maybe you can share that on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Just as a kind of, well, nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, I, I thought it was really, really good. But the person, when I made this remark, was had a lot of fear about sharing that on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. about sharing anything on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. yeah? mm -hmm. And so that person became really, really anxious about it mm. and felt, felt really bad about it mm. and didn't even have the 
you know, wasn't thinking about that he would be in the position to actually tell me about it. Mm. And only through someone else who gave me a hint, I was made aware that something is wrong. And then I made it really, really safe for the person to, to talk to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then with tears and everything, kind of, it came to life and we could resolve it. Yeah. But it's, you know, as a leader, you, you think for yourself, well, share it on LinkedIn. You, you know, that's, that's not a big deal. Yeah. What is not a big deal for you might be something for, for someone else. That's, yeah, absolutely. No, no, no assumptions. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I know. yes. No, well, well, no assumptions. You can't work without assumptions. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but you need to check your assumptions yeah. again yeah, and again. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I, I think this is such, a, such an important topic and something because a lot of leaders I speak to, you know, there's uh, the importance of feedback, you know, is that, yes. Because well, again, it comes back to that sometimes being open you know, um, that vulnerability, you know, that comes with uh, with opening ourselves up to feedback. Um, but how important it is, you know, to to evolve as a leader, to, but also to make sure that you're supporting your people. I mean, and this comes up in conversation all the time, you know, with, what would you say to, to, to a leader out there who would benefit from getting feedback, but is maybe feeling, you know, not, not feeling as confident to go and ask people for, for feedback? Well, you know, how would you approach that? I think, see, if you want to stay where you are, be exactly the person that you are now and you want to stay there for your whole career and run into the same problems again and again and again and again, you don't need feedback. (laughs) If you want to improve, (laughs) if you want to learn why certain things are not working, (laughs) why certain behaviors, certain tools that you're applying are not working. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work without feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, um, it's, it's the only way you can learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you can learn through, um, through reading all these kind of things and reflection and things like this. But only through feedback you get a, you get, you see something, you see really what's happening. Yeah? You can see this outside perspective. You, you are made aware of your blind spots and things like this. And what, what others see that you don't see. Okay. And honestly, most of the things, yeah, we don't see ourselves. Okay. So feedback is really, really important. Um, asking questions, um, staying humble. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is such a big thing if you stop staying humble i think you stop developing yeah absolutely yeah and actually do you know what? i think asking for feedback yeah it helps us be better to push the boundaries it can help us you know get to our goals faster but, but also you know i work a, well, my, my sweet spot is working with leaders and as they transition into new leadership roles you know yeah, yeah. so often you know i'll say you know have you know, have you asked for feedback on, you know, how, you know, I, how are you getting on? You know, how, how are others seeing you? And, yes. and that can be quite uncomfortable, especially when you're new to an organisation or newly promoted. But it's so interesting that when, when people do put themselves out there, how often it gives them a confidence boost. 
because actually, you know, they're so focused on what they haven't done or they haven't learned or what could go wrong, what people might not like, that actually they get a lot of this, you know, positivity with maybe some development areas. And actually it comes back with a, a boost in motivation. Yes. You know, feedback is not only about the, the critiques. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Feedback is also so many positive things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially as a, as a, as a supervisor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I learned when you give feedback 10 times, nine times, it should be supportive feedback, mm -hmm. only once uh, constructive feedback. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so having this mindset, mm -hmm. yeah. And then also asking for feedback constantly is mm -hmm. so important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, you end up in a situation where you get a surprise at your, I don't know, half-year uh, review or something like this. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the worst thing ever that can happen. You think you're doing great mm -hmm. or the other way around also. Way. <laughs> you think you're, you're, you'll be probably fired within the next three months. Yeah, mm -hmm. And you're already searching for new jobs, whereas your supervisor thinks, well, up from promotion yeah um all kind of different things can happen oh. just because you haven't kind of checked your assumptions Absolutely. like you just talked about yeah i know and actually how many uh, how many people i think also with virtual working um so many people are in their own heads you know when you're working from home you're not interacting with colleagues you're not having those opportunities to just bounce off uh, each other so sometimes it is again that story that we're telling ourselves It, we have to be so you know, so clear that it's a more positive one, you know, um, because actually I, I, I spoke to someone last week who had their um, re review from last year and was just so emotional because it was so positive. But in her head, she was like, oh, I could have done more. This is what I didn't do. And it, she just had that negative. And she yeah. just, you know, so. Um, and actually, Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, be, be careful what you talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be aware who's listening. <laughs> yeah. On your LinkedIn, I was noticing, um, I love that you've kind of got this mantra that's up on there, and it's that fear is a reaction, courage is a decision. And I love that. I would just love to explore that. Where did that kind of come from, or how has that been useful for you? That is a, that's a reminder to myself, basically, mm -hmm. um, because like any, everybody, I fear a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I fear rejection. I fear failure. I have looking stupid, all kind of different things. Yeah. And that's normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a usual reaction you have to all kind of things. Mm -hmm. Courage is when you act despite the fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it puts you into a proactive role into a role where you can control things. Mm -hmm. When you just are in the fear mode, you're in this victim mode. Mm -hmm. yeah? The world has done this to me. Yeah? My supervisor has done this to me. My colleague has done this to me. And I am the victim. And I can't do anything about it. And oh, everything is so bad. And, and really, I, I can't work here. And, and you know, it's this how uh, Martin Seligman uh, calls it, learned, uh, learned helplessness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's where I want to get out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to be on the other side of it. Yeah. I want to acknowledge the fear 
person still act. Yeah, um, acknowledge that maybe if I'm, you know, giving this presentation, there will be, it will be controversial maybe, but mm -hmm. I'll do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or maybe um, if I'm calling this a uh, new customer, maybe they will say no. Mm -hmm. Maybe they will be, you know, in a bad mood or whatsoever. I'll do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and that's where, you know, puts me into this proactive mode. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's, that's so important because I think we'll all have been there where we are in this victim mindset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nothing yeah. good comes from that. <laughs> No, and it's so funny because it really resonated with me because as well, you know, for me, my, my kind of mantra is back, back yourself, you know, because, again, when I fall into that fear zone or, you know, I mm. question, can I do this? I just have that. I say to myself, you know, back yourself. You know, what is the, what is the courageous decision right now? You know, if you were feeling confident right now, what would you do? And then I yep. do that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scary, but nothing, nothing really, nothing bad has come from that. Actually, I've made really awesome decisions, and it's been massive learning growth, you know. But nothing that you know, operating from a place of fear, yeah, nothing, nothing looks. And, nothing and usually, we overstate better. things. Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. So, so really, um, so what is the worst things that can happen? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The other person could say no. Mm -hmm. The meeting could be over in five minutes. Mm -hmm. Will I care about it in three <laughs> hours, in three days, in three months? Mm. Probably not. So, yeah, let's mm -hmm. go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, how probable are these things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Will this whole auditorium stand up and shout, "Go away! You're stupid!" Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Never seen that. So. Yeah. It's highly unlikely. <laughs> I know, but it feels, isn't it incredible how, you know, uh, how it can feel so real? But, uh, but I, you know, I, I had this as well. I've always been that person who, well, for the most part, you know, what's the worst that could happen in making those decisions? But when, yeah. I had, when I had cancer and I went through all that kind of, the, you know, that curveball and the treatment, when I came out the other side, I very much was in that fear zone because actually the worst thing had happened. And so then my mind was like, all you know don't do the thing because you know something that you know that c catastrophizing you know and actually oh but it felt so uncomfortable you know it felt awful um so it just took a lot of time and effort and that conscious effort to kind of get back into that you know leaning into courage um you know and i think it's it's something that you it's a muscle to flex you know but again it just can sometimes take time but these kind of really bad experience like having cancer isn't that something that actually puts you into a mood set or into a stage where you can actually be more brave because you have faced it yeah yeah well do you know it is almost i had in two parts i was being more i was what's the worst what you know why not I've got the second chance, go after things. But it was yep. that kind of internal conflict and conversation that we have with ourselves of, well, here's the worst thing. I think that that voice wasn't very loud yep. prior to having cancer, but it just got a little bit louder, you know. So, yep. Um, yep. and again, I think we're always going to have that voice. We're always going to have that, you know. Uh, but it's, it, just it's always there. Um, just this morning, I was kind of 
walking back from the city and was telling myself all kind of, you know, bad stories, what will happen at work. And I realized, don't tell yourself these stories. Yeah. Wait a minute. That is, that is, <laughs> you, you just sent yourself down this doom spiral. Yeah. Get out of it. Yeah. That's this kind of meta thinking. Yeah. Thinking about your thoughts is something that I only learned very, very recently, I need to admit. So it's, if you don't have that, don't feel bad about yourself. Took me nearly 50 years to get to it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know, and I think, again, this comes back to time. And I think how I'm, I go on about this all the time as leaders or do you know, as people, as individuals, you know, we all, we need time and space. We can't, we need to get off the busy, you know, off this kind of conveyor yeah. belt and the out of the busyness. Um, because it's it, it, to just check in with ourselves, you know, how are we doing? What stories are we telling? How are we feeling? And it, and kind of it, and how important it is to focus on doing the things that make us feel good, um, yep. you know, keep our bodies healthy, but also our minds. Yeah, yeah. I exercising is so important for me mm-hmm. to to keep me healthy. If I'm not running every couple of days, I feel really really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, both physically and much more even mentally yeah. mm-hmm. and um, give yourself a treat. Yeah. That is, uh, it's so, so important. And afterwards you can be so much more energized Absolutely. and, and faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really nice analog to, to the formula one race cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They take a break to go faster. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that is, they consciously take a break mm-hmm. to go faster and you, and everybody should do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to take a break to go faster, to be more effective. Um, there's so much research about, you know, working long hours doesn't work. Mm-hmm. doesn't help. Mm-hmm. It's much more important that, the time you do the work, you do it effectively. Absolutely. Uh, that's one of the, you know, I, I've recorded many podcast episodes about it. If you do things consciously, if you make the most out of a meeting, if you um, have a one-to-one with your direct record, report and you really go into it mm-hmm. and you not just kind of see it as I need to tick that off and here's the form I need to fill in and, and I need to have this one-to-one because... Uh, you need to have one-to-ones as a supervisor, but if you really go in there and be there for your direct report, mm-hmm. um, listen, completely listen there, not having, you know, your phone buzzing or, you know, mm-hmm. reading emails or things like this, but really having your direct report um, in a virtual meeting, full screen, completely focused there, just having your notes where you write, you know, with pen and paper, maybe, you can enjoy that, mm-hmm. yeah? And mm-hmm. then you can move the needle in this time when you're with your uh, one-to-run, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And that is so much more effective mm-hmm. than hurrying from one meeting to the next and being busy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't move you forward. 
yeah oh, 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 I love oh I love that I gosh so so much so many wonderful things I know we could keep talking for so long yes yes I see <laughs> you know, but we've talked about you know the power of storytelling creativity trust courage you know conscious leading you know you how to use our time and I love that you know take a break to go faster oh so much great stuff but thank you so so much for joining me today I really appreciate it <laughs> Thanks so much, Jen. I really enjoyed it myself. As always, don't be a stranger. I would love to hear from you. So wherever you are in the world, drop me a message, send me an email, come find me on LinkedIn, send me a message. I really enjoy hearing what's jumped out to people and what are the key takeaways from these um, podcast episodes um, or even just to say hello and say that you listened and uh, that would be awesome. And I will catch up with you soon. Bye. So if you like that, head over to Jen's podcast to listen to the complete episode. Mm-hmm.